Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Dr. Roy Jensen, Vice Chancellor and Director of the University of Kansas Cancer Center, or the KU Cancer Center, as it's often called. He's here to talk with us today about the Cancer Center's pursuit of a top National Cancer Center Institute Cancer Center designation. We'll also gain some insights into how KU Cancer Center continues to transform the care experience for patients while providing access to breakthrough ideas and new treatments. Welcome, Dr. Jensen. And good morning. Good morning. The University of Kansas Cancer Center achieved National Cancer Institute, or NCI, Cancer Center status in 2012. It's the only cancer center in the region and one of only, I believe, 71 in the nation to have earned that designation. That's correct. So what does this designation signify, and why is it important for KU Cancer Center? Sure. So the center's program actually started with the passage of the National Cancer Act 50 years ago, signed by Richard Nixon. And it created this program in recognition of the fact that cancer is an enormously complex disease. And in fact, it's probably hundreds, if not thousands of different diseases. And the center's program was created to bring many different disciplines together to work on the cancer problem. And so Cancer Center designation basically indicates that we are one of the most important institutions in the country that NCI has chosen to bring into the fold as far as being at the table for working on cancer and, and helping to lead this fight. And now the Cancer Center is pursuing another designation, the Comprehensive Cancer Center designation, which is a top designation that's awarded by the NCI only to the very best cancer centers in the country. So tell us about that and what it means for KU Cancer Center if you achieve it. And it looks like you are very much on track to do that. Well, we certainly think so, Kelly. Comprehensive status essentially means that you're among the creme de la creme of the NCI-designated centers. Right now, there are 52 such centers across the country. And again, many of these centers have been in place for well over 40 years, and so they work very hard to achieve this designation. We're quite proud of the fact that we're now in our 10th year, and we think that we're in a great position to be able to compete for this status. And It is essentially the nuclear aircraft carriers of the cancer center world. When are you expecting word on that? So we just turned in our grant about a week and a half ago. And, you know, it is a government program. So we're not going to find out until late June or early July. KU Cancer Center probably contributing, I'm sure very much contributing to the fact that you are in the running for this creme de la creme, as you said, is that you're well known for your innovative new treatments. For example, proton therapy. Tell us about that breakthrough. So the Midwest is a region of the country that has relatively few examples of this new type of radiation therapy. And most uh, radiation machines deliver an X-ray beam. Proton therapy actually delivers a charged particle, that is a proton, to the tumor. And the physics of that are completely uh, different. And the advantages that it brings is that the area around the tumor does not 
have to be radiated, so to speak. And so in many cases, the side effects from uh, radiation come from the normal tissue that surrounds the tumor that gets radiated. In the situation of proton therapy, you can be much more selective and hone the beam in on the tumor itself and not the surrounding normal tissue. So I would imagine with fewer side effects that a recovery is faster and that the overall prognosis is faster, being able to zero in on the culprit, so to speak. That's right. There's less of an impact probably on prognosis and efficacy of proton radiation, but the major advantages is the uh, decreasing the side effects. What are some of the other novel cancer treatments that are in clinical trials at KU Cancer Center that have a lot of potential? So we have a very active drug discovery and, and development group at KU Cancer Center, and that's led by Dr. Scott Weir. And in fact, uh, over the last grant period, we have developed five KU-invented agents that are now in our clinics. And that is a record of drug discovery that is hard to match. I don't care who you are or, or what cancer center you're at. A great example of that is a drug by the name of Phoscyclopyrox, and it is the first bladder cancer-specific drug that has been developed in well over 40 years, and that is now in clinical trials uh, at the KU Cancer Center. And over what time period? You've mentioned these five. Over what time period have you done that? Typically, it takes anywhere from 12 to 17 years or so, maybe as long as 20 years to develop a new drug. And our target is to try to decrease the time frame on that. In Phoscyclopyrox in particular, we're now about in our fourth or, or fifth year in the development of that drug. You mentioned that long time frame, and I know that's something that a lot of people know about, that it can take forever, it seems, to get a drug to market. What do you think are the reasons that that time period is shrinking? Well, I think there's a variety of different reasons for that. One of the things that we're trying to bring to the table is to develop a specifically focused team, that that is their number one priority and close to being their only priority. In the past, I think the situation was such that, you know, people had all kinds of responsibilities, and, and it was just one of the burners that they were responsible for taking care of, and, and we try to limit that down to where the folks working on this drug, that's their major area of responsibility. As we all know, COVID-19 has profoundly impacted many sectors. In fact, you could probably say it's affected all sectors. So what kind of impact has it had on the cancer center and on cancer screenings, diagnosis, and treatment in general? There's been a number of, of national presentations that have been given by the NCI that have documented the impact of COVID on cancer research in particular. And in general, the range across NCI-designated centers is a decrease anywhere from 40 to 20 percent in comparison to their normal number of accruals. And at the KU Cancer Center, we're right in line with that. In fact, our accruals are down about 20 percent. And of course, the reason for that is that in most cases, trials were suspended for several months while we worked through the issues of making sure that our patients uh, were in a safe environment. They did not have to worry about uh, COVID infection while they were uh, in our facilities. And, you know, that just took some time. 
We talked about the importance of the NCI designations to the cancer center itself, but the ramifications are even broader than that. It's located here in a large metropolitan area. So what is the economic impact in particular, but the overall impact too, of the NCI designation for the Kansas City region? So there have been a number of studies now that have come out over the last 10 years. And these studies are largely in agreement in that overall patients that are treated at NCI-designated cancer centers have about a 25% improved survival at the end of the first year of treatment. That's an astounding number, I think, that most people don't realize. In terms of the second part of your question, what economic impact has the cancer center had? We've been keeping track of that since 2007 when the Kansas legislature was very generous in providing us about $5 million per year going forward to help with achieving cancer center status. And we have kept track of the number of of jobs that that's meant and the economic activity. And just the research program alone has brought about 4,000 new jobs to this region average uh, salary about 68000 per year. And that has resulted in about $2.5 billion of cumulative economic activity over that period of time. That's astounding. And then, you know, you have to think about all the ancillary businesses too. I mean, where people go to lunch and when people come into the city to get the services, you know, the hotels that they stay at and so forth. And then you talked about that amazing rate at the beginning of this question. And you just think about all of those lives that were saved. So just a phenomenal impact overall. Dr. Jensen, you've spent a career in cancer research. You've been at the KU Cancer Center since 2004. You're currently professor of pathology and laboratory medicine, professor of anatomy and cell biology, professor of cancer biology. And before that, you were a member of the Vanderbilt Ingram Cancer Center and a faculty member in pathology, cell biology, and cancer biology for 13 years. So you've had a long history and a wide perspective during a time when many innovations have occurred. When do you see the next big breakthrough in cancer research and the treatment of cancer heading? You know, I think we're in the middle of that right now, and it's happening on on a number of different fronts. I think a lot of people know about the concept of personalized medicine, where we really try to tailor therapy specifically to a patient's tumor. And much of that is involved in understanding what specific mutations are driving a particular individual's cancer and then utilizing so-called targeted therapy to specifically hone in on those particular uh, mutations. And that's one example. The other revolution is really around adapting the immune system to do a better job of fighting a patient's cancer. There, we're really proud the job that Joel McGurk and his team in the CAR-T therapy group have done to really help pioneer that treatment for our leukemia and lymphoma and myeloma patients. And that story has really been one which has revolutionized the treatment 
for those particular types of cancers. Talk to us a little bit more about that. When you say uh, honing in on that particular individual's immune system, what, what do you mean by that exactly? Well, it's, it's almost, you know, it sounds like science fiction. Yes, yes. It's, it's a fascinating. What we do there is we remove a patient's white blood cells and essentially insert DNA into those cells that teaches them what cancer looks like. And if the cell encounters a tumor cell to be able to kill the cancer cell. We're basically grooming the patient's own white blood cells to become cancer assassins, uh, if you will. That idea is, you know, it's almost crazy to think about, but we're doing it hundreds of times across the country pretty much every day. And it's, it's an astounding advance. And people that had exhausted all previous forms of therapy, you know, less than a few months to live, are getting up pretty much off their deathbeds and going on to living a, a largely normal life. And it's, it's just an astounding development. That's absolutely incredible. Do you think that we'll get to a point where it's not the death sentence, like you just referred to it, that it is today in so many cases? I think it's important to look back in history and see how far we've, we've come. Since the passage of the National Cancer Act in 1971, the five-year survival rate from cancer has improved from 49% up to just under 70%. And it continues to improve. It's been a continuous process. There haven't been any uh, breaks in that. There haven't been any dramatic increases. It's been a slow, steady rise. As we gain more information about cancer, we're better able to design therapies that are better suited for individual cancers. I think we're going to make more progress, and patients will have many fewer side effects. And, and there was a great article about this in the New York Times a week or two ago, questioning whether or not you know, we're beginning to see the end of chemotherapy as treatment for cancer. In some cases, that's exactly what we're seeing. It's just amazing, as you say, and, and really a fairly short time period. Dr. Jensen, thank you so much for all of the work that you do to try to make so many lives better. And good luck on your Comprehensive Cancer Center designation that you've just applied for and hoping to hear back from soon. Thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. And it is uh, our pleasure and our life's mission to serve the people of this region. It is a truly an honor. This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thank you to Dr. Roy Jensen for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. The Midwest is known as the breadbasket of the nation, a nod to its wheat farms and agrarian roots. More recently, America's heartland, especially the Kansas City region, is earning a reputation for innovation. The University of Kansas Cancer Center is a case in point. The KU Cancer Center's focus on breakthrough ideas and pursuit of new treatments such as proton therapy has earned it a top designation held by only 70 other cancer centers in the country. And it is now positioned to compete for an even more prestigious designation held by only 52 other cancer centers. Over and above what the breakthroughs mean for cancer screenings, diagnosis, and treatment, the ramifications for Kansas City are significant economically in terms of job growth, salary growth, and new business spinoffs. 
Country Club Bank recognizes the important role of innovation in keeping communities viable. We are proud to support the innovators in our community, and we'd love to talk to you about how we can help you move forward. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're banking on you, Kansas City. Country Club Bank, member FDIC, 